Welcome to Leadership Matters, a podcast hosted by me, Steve Parker, a series that brings a fresh perspective to leadership, motivation, and how to succeed by talking to a diverse range of CEOs, business managers, and world-class talent. We also offer some personal tips to help you in your career. Each episode aims to provide a snapshot into the life and philosophy of some of Taiwan and the world's most successful leaders, and to find out more about why leadership matters. Frederick Boyer has over 20 years experience in upline management in the European IT outsourcing space. His career was going to be continuing pretty much along those lines, but luck would have it that he, his partner actually got a job, moved to Taiwan. And Frederick is in a unique position of being a trading spouse coming into Taiwan, but he's then had to kind of develop his career and continue as a leader in Taiwan, but also having to reinvent himself at the same time. We're really very happy to have you here today, Frederick. Thanks for coming in. Thank you very much for having me. You and your wife had the decision. You cut your career off and you came with her for her position. What were your options when you came to Taiwan? I mean, we both had really good careers back in Sweden. My wife was the, the managing director for Scania, essentially the service network, the global service network for trucks and buses. And I, I was an upline manager in DXE technology, uh, which was um, one of I think it's the fifth largest or fourth largest IT outsourcing company in the world. It's sort of cushy position in that sense. You know, we were making a good living. Then my wife was offered the, the managing director position for Taiwan, for Scania. And we immediately said yes, having looked up Taiwan in, on Wikipedia. Because at that point, prior to COVID, I mean, Taiwan was, it wasn't really well known in Europe. So we quickly looked at Wikipedia. We contacted a few people living here and we said, let's go. I think this is a really good story for on a number of levels. You're a senior leader and you've come in. How did you go about building this kind of, you know, network and working towards getting yourself into the professional world here? I immediately I started to contact people when I arrived here and sort of built my, my own initial quick network, predominantly among the Swedes, you know, expats. And he brought me to a dinner with other Swedes and, you know, I made sure to make a good impression. <laughs> and it, it took about a week to that that I got the, the offer for the role I currently hold. Which we should have said at the beginning is that you're actually running, you're the CEO of the Swedish Chamber of Commerce in Taiwan. Correct. Um, which during your tenure has experienced, uh, basically you've grown, you've doubled in size. We've doubled in size, definitely. And I, I joined right at the start of COVID, which was a difficult time, of course. I mean, no physical meetings, uh, impossible to do the social events that I really enjoyed doing. And, you know, I think we're punching above our weight in terms of, you know, Sweden is only 10 million uh, citizens and it's a small country in that sense, but we have a pretty long, you know, large footprint in Taiwan in terms of business. I think there are certain places, and I think Sweden is one of those, that has, uh, people often say, what Swedish companies are they? But then you list them <laughs> and they're, I mean, they're global powerhouses. Yeah, I mean, they, really. are, they are, they are. Both, you know, traditionally in this industrial companies like, you know, Scania, Volvo, Volvo Trucks, um, Soundvik, Ericsson, Ikea, et cetera. But then you've got all the up-and-comers, if you call Spotify and Minecraft and, you know, the, the new tech companies, a lot of companies in uh, sustainable energy, uh, fintech, et cetera. And just to be clear, that this podcast is also available on Spotify as well. So Fantastic. I just want to, yeah, I have a we are membership. Swedish supporter. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go back to your previous career in a moment, but I think this is a, in terms of leadership and, I mean, our kind of audience, if you like, is people who are currently in leadership positions, but also people who want to be. And I think yours is a great example of being open to opportunities, being open to change and getting out there, yep. how that actually can make a, a new career, right? I mean, you've, essentially, you've had to reinvent yourself. I have. I mean, I haven't changed myself, but I've definitely changed, you know, the job description is 
vastly different from what I used to do. But essentially, I still sort of maintain my own personality and the way I do things and the way I lead. Uh, so it's a change, definitely. And um, if we had not gotten the, the opportunity to move Taiwan, I would probably have remained in my position in Sweden, continue to do the same thing. I wouldn't have been satisfied with that because I was looking to do a change. But making that change is pretty difficult because, A, you've got the golden handcuffs at, at times. You know, you're, you're paid good money, uh, but you may not enjoy yourself. But making that change, uh, it can be very difficult. So this was an opportunity for me to force myself to do a change. Okay. So you want to, it's the first time I've actually heard this golden uh, handcuffs. I've heard of golden handshakes, but never golden handcuffs before. But I, it makes really, you know, you're trapped by the income you've got. You're trapped you by are, the- You are. I mean, you, you get used to a certain way of living. And as I said, we, we had a good life. But daring to take that step and say, okay, let me do something completely different. Many people think about that, but very few take that step. So the opportunity, the offer to move to Taiwan was, right, okay, this is the time. I was forced. I was forced to change, and I wanted to change. How did that work out for you? Did you ever have kind of doubt during the, you know, did you ever say to yourself, oh, God, what have I done? No, I couldn't wait to move. (laughs) Let's sell the house. Let's sell everything we own. Let's just move. You know, we've looked at this as as an option for the past 10, 12 years, probably my wife and I, to try and get abroad. Scania, luckily, has a very long-term perspective on leadership and business. So we knew that this was sort of a more of a long-term commitment from them. And I couldn't wait to move. (laughs) This is about leadership, but it's also about lessons for people, you know? Mm. And I think sometimes people can be afraid of change. Yeah, we are. I I think it's only natural. Right. And I've always been kind of, I guess, the opposite to that. It's like, I I really want to go. You know, I, I want to be in a room where there's an opportunity to meet some new people and learn some new things. What advice do you have for people in this transition? Embrace the opportunity. Never say no to anything. Just say yes. And that's what we said when we arrived here. We shouldn't say no to any invitation or, you know, uh, opportunity to hook up with people. Say yes. And thank you for saying yes to this podcast, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. But I think be extrovert, be bold, just step out there. So how have you prepared yourself? I mean, you obviously you're in a position where you're working in IT, right? You've got, you know, a background in IT. You've got these skills. Do you have a kind of a philosophy on kind of learning? Do you, I mean, do you make yourself go out and learn new stuff? Do you? I, I learn things which I find interesting. I mean, if you find something interesting that you know, triggers your interest, you do learn automatically. And also being in this industry, which I am now, you know, running a chamber of commerce where you've got a plethora of different industries and companies. I think we're looking at you know, potentially eight or 10 different industries in the chamber right now represented. So I need to be aware of what happens in each industry in order to have a sort of a fruitful conversation with my members and also connect them with future partners, et cetera, et cetera. Sometimes also challenge my members, you know, challenge them to take up a new partnership around AI or production or whatever it might be. So I need to understand the industry. Previously, I needed to understand the IT industry. Now I need to understand eight or 10 different industries. So when you were working with IT right, uh, back in Sweden, mm. how would you define your leadership approach? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Big question, I know. Be, yeah, I mean, people don't know me, but be myself. I'm typically not a very aggressive leader. I'd like for people to do things you know, themselves and find out how to do things. I don't like to be feared because fear 
into any, anything productive and you only drive people out from the organization. Right. I think with fear, you end up with people who probably achieve a lot in a short space of time. Exactly. And, and then they'll move on when they can. I don't view myself as a leader as such. I don't view myself as a CEO. So when I work with my employees in the chamber, my interns, you know, we work alongside each other. I think it's, if you view yourself as that great leader, you put yourself in a pretty difficult position and your staff. You know, I've spoken to a number of people on this show now, and uh, almost without exception, all of the people who've got to a certain level all share the same thing, that they can't know everything. It's about finding the information because it's out there, finding it and using it in a productive way. Most of it is accessible to you. You cannot blame the fact that I was not able to find any information on it. You need to learn how to Google, you know, deep. I've heard a few things from you. This is a common message I get is that networking is super important. Be open to opportunities, yep. opportunities to meet people, opportunities to learn from people. This seems to be something that's very important. It's obviously been very successful for you. Embrace the opportunity. Keep learning. The outcomes are important. Yep. But as long as you're clear on that, then allow people to kind of develop their own ways to do things. Don't be the I know everything leader, I know how to do it all leader, but allow people to do it their way. And the last thing I've heard from you, what I think is really super important for a lot of people is we live in a world now where information is readily available. You don't have to know everything. What you do have to know is how to get the information and access that information. So build the system, right, or understand the system that can help you access. Yes, and the system is also made up of people, your network. The more people you know, the larger your network is, and you the better you maintain that network, the more successful you will be and the more fun you will have because you will get so much exchange from your network. You give a little, you get some. That's a great place to finish up, Frederick. Thank you very much for your time this morning. Thank you very much. You can listen to this podcast live on the fourth Monday of every month on ICRT and after that on the ICRT website, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Just search for Leadership Matters by Stephen Parker. You can also check out my social media. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram. Look for my tagline, Leader Matters. We'll see you next time.